Hey, you, dare to think. Y'all ready to get funky? Pizza's great, but it's not the gospel. Welcome to the campus of LCMSU, everyone. I am the Chancellor, Pastor Marcus Zill. Warning, the show might trigger you. You don't love the gospel. Hey, who let the campus pastor loose in the studio again? Zilly Zilly. We are in the student union today. Dr. Joseph Western from College of the Ozarks down near Branson, Missouri. How are you doing today, Joe? Doing real well. Thank you, Pastor, for having me on. Oh, Looking forward to it. You serve as an assistant professor of history at College of the Ozarks. And uh, how, how far away are you from Branson, for those that maybe aren't familiar with the school? Oh, wow. Just about five minutes away. Just a little bit to the south uh, down here in southwest Missouri. Okay. And how long, how long have you been there? In the middle of my third year. So five semesters under my belt and uh, just launching off on to semester number six. And what kind of classes do you teach So I am the uh, pre-modern history guy. We have a four-person history department. Most of my time is doing um, the history of Western civilization. So we break ours up into two different sections. And so I do do a lot of Western civilization one, a little Western civilization two. But then every once in a while, they let me uh, do something that's more right up my alley. So ancient Rome or ancient Greece, whole class uh, right now on medieval Europe. So those are pretty fun. And the College of Ozarks is a Christian private university, right? Yeah, so uh, small, smallish college, about 1,500 students. And it is one of eight uh, work consortium colleges. So every student, when they come on campus, not only is, is in a full slate of classes, but they also get assigned a workstation. Hmm. And they sort of work along with taking classes 15 or so hours a week. And as a result, uh, none of the students here pay any tuition. And so they sort of work for their education. And so it's, it's become popularly known as hard work you. Uh, not, that, not that students at other, other colleges don't work hard, but, but it's kind of a, a trademark of what we do around here. So everybody works. And it's not just work study if you want it. It's like you are going to work. It's part of the gig. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's built into the dough. In fact, I had a chance to come down and visit you uh last fall yeah uh and because you've been trying to reach out to our, our lcms students there and we'll get to that in a minute but uh kfuo's very own uh andy bates uh the program director goes down to the the hotel that you have there on campus all the time which is just gorgeous yeah and... it's a really really neat place uh which itself is is full of student workstations so so just about everything that happens at the hotel from the restaurant uh, to the front desk, to, to everything else, to maintenance is is entirely student-run. Working for your education, coming out debt-free, I mean, who, yeah. who wouldn't yeah. like that, really? And it's... to not have to shy away from uh, speaking of Christ in the classroom. Well, um, I get full reign to, to do that, and that's such a, an enormous blessing, uh, both for me and for my students, I would say, just to be able to, to integrate... Um, my faith into the material that I that I teach them in my discipline is is just a tremendous opportunity. Now you also you are our official 
uh, representative of our LCMSU campus chapter at the College of the Ozarks. What have you been doing to reach out to the students there? Yeah, so we're we're in our first year, so we're brand new at all of this. So we're kind of feeling things out as we go. But what we've been doing uh, over the past semester is just meeting every other week on a Monday night, uh, getting together a really neat mixture of, of LCMS students and some faculty and uh, some staff, and just really trying to work on building community and building relationships. Uh, this is a Christian college, but but sometimes it's really just nice to, to kind of meet up with people who share your confessional understanding, who kind of speak the same language that you do. And so we've been doing some Bible study and sort of working at, you know, trying to understand how uh, we as Lutherans are both unique in our understanding of, of the Christian message, but also uh, how we fit into the larger church. And so trying to understand how we can have conversations and interact with uh, other Christian students on campus. So it's been a lot of, a lot of fun to do that and to, to really kind of get this, this off the ground. Why? Why do you think? I know this is this is a short answer, I'm sure. <laughs> but why? Why and how is uh, history foundational to the Christian faith? I know lots of times I'm a history buff. I used to teach history in middle school. You obviously love history, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, um, but 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 a, not everybody does. But not yes. Every, <laughs> yes, I get paid to love history, <laughs> but not everybody it makes, it, makes it easier. Not not everybody gets history and why it's important. Why is it so foundational in general, but specifically to us as Christians? Yeah, well, I would, I would answer that probably in, in two ways to give you the short version. And, and first of all, I would just say that, that we're created by God. We're, we're placed in a specific time on purpose. And as we live out our lives, we experience the world around us. We experience reality uh, along a timeline. And so I would say that, that studying history is is just an inescapable or thinking historically is just an inescapable way that we, that we move through our lives. And so all people uh, are historians. You know, I, I teach a, a lot of intro level required history classes here. And mm-hmm. so it's always interesting to, to talk to students and help them to see that studying history is more than just memorizing a bunch of irrelevant names and dates and, and quote unquote useless information. And instead is, is really just getting better at one of the most basic practices of, of living your life, of using past experiences to inform present activity. So all people are historians, but especially for, for Christians, uh, God has chosen to unfold his plan of salvation also along a timeline. And so you have creation, um, a real event, and, and the revelation of, of God's promise of salvation after the fall. And, and perhaps most importantly, the incarnation of God himself in the birth of Christ, God mm-hmm. coming into history for our benefit, uh, is a specific moment. It's something that actually really happened in time, uh, death and resurrection of Christ, moving toward the final judgment. Could you almost say that God, God created history when he created the world? Yeah, so, I mean, God himself uh, isn't confined to time, but, but he's given us time as a great blessing to us so that, that we can make sense of his plan of salvation in the same way that we actually live out our lives, and that's, that's through time. And, of course, everybody has their own place in history. You know, everybody's got a birthday. I mean, mm-hmm. wouldn't it be kind of weird to say, hey, you know, I hear it's your birthday coming up. It is? I didn't know what the date that I mean, everybody knows the right. date of their birthday. Right. That's history. 
right? It's just how we think. Yeah, it's you know, just what, how what, we what think. If, what if your mom said, I don't remember what happened when you were born. Mom, it was yeah. it was 17 years yeah. ago. Right. <laughs> <In> the- <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't matter. Who cares? <laughs> right. Time is almost like an anchor. I mean, dates are, are anchors into, into reality. In, in the same way that I would say that, you know, it, what would our Christian faith be like without the actual birth of Christ? Uh, what, what would we base our faith on without the actual death of Christ at a specific moment in time. I mean, we, we depended on, on these things actually really happening in time as Christians. Of course, uh, this postmodern culture in which we live, or post-postmodern, or post-post-post-whatever it is now. <laughs> um, track, I, mean, it? I mean, people, I mean, it's, it's no secret that there's a lot of rewriting of history. How has that had an impact on just our ability to understand and appreciate it today? Well, Pastor, I'd, I'd say that it is a challenge when studying history uh, to use the bits of the past that survive today, because certainly everything from the past doesn't survive up to the present day for us to, to make use of. But it's a challenge trying to figure out how to use historical sources and to know what what's really happened. And like you say, some have suggested that it's actually impossible to know what's happened in the past because all, all historical sources are subjective. Uh, people just record their own interpretations, and so all we have is this this arbitrary record. So how can we even be sure about anything in the past? Right. And it's that, you know certainly it's also true. Um, people are right to say that many have used history or hijacked history to create a past that suits their needs. But but for me, that's part of the excitement of studying history. That's the challenge of studying history, because historians, I mean, what we do is we try to understand bias. We try to understand how reliable historical sources are, weigh different pieces of evidence against each other, working out you know what the right interpretation is. Um, and that's part of the mystery of it. That's part of the puzzle of studying history. But the church has always confessed, the church has always believed that at least some measure of the history of history is knowable. And so it's just a matter of figuring out what that is. Uh, rather than just throwing up our hands in, in futility and saying, well, we just can't know anything. No, we, we can know stuff, and it, it's, it's a challenge um, to try and figure out what that, what that bit is. So in, in a lot of ways, what you're saying is ringing true because presently I'm working on this um, 100th year campus ministry history. It's not quite a book, mm-hmm. but it could very easily be a book. And there's a lot of gaps and holes and places where, and the, the history, I mean, just learning I've been spending time at the Concordia Historical Institute whenever I'm in St. Louis, and which means that uh, I, I'm I'm getting a lot of dust allergies all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be careful about that archive research; that be hazardous. But you know, his, it's studying it's, history is dangerous. It's fascinating. <laughs> I've had some people ask, "Well, why? You know, isn't it more important that we're doing campus ministry?" than it is to tell the story about campus ministry over the last hundred years. And and my response is, why does it have to, why do I have to choose? Why do we have to choose yeah. between the two? Is not history a companion discipline to theology? Yeah, I would absolutely say so. That, that history provides context and meaning and helps us to really understand what it is that we have uh, in front of us. And I think as Christians, we always start with revelation. We always start with trying to understand what it is that God says about us, um, what he has done for us, how we relate to him, how he has placed us in the world to, to serve others. Um, but as we do so, I think that we're naturally drawn out of ourselves and our own you know, selfish thinking about who we are and where we fit in, and we're called to, to consider the world around us. 
and that just is that isn't the the world around us just in terms of of, of spatial uh, relations in the in the present mm-hmm. but but we're also called to consider our place in this great unfolding of God's plan throughout history that we just talked about and we are put in a specific time and a specific place and we are relying on on the people of the past and the events of the past to inform us and so we should we should engage with that and and certainly history isn't the only discipline that that should walk hand in hand with our christian faith and identity all the disciplines should do that no, but i think for history yes yeah, for history as we come to to learn a little bit more about the human experience across time um we learn from human beings um not just the human beings that are alive today um not just you know what happened in the last five minutes but we come to wait what happened see... five minutes ago is irrelevant <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> just kidding exactly what so, were we talking uh, about <laughs> you, you've, you've been sitting in my classes I see. <laughs> you're, you're ready to take an exam yes. <laughs> um we, we just come to see you know the, the truths that we believe that god reveals to us in scripture we see them actually playing out in the human experience and we see that what god says about us is true that we are broken people that we are sinful and we see, you know, we don't just talk about that in the abstract. We talk about that in real life examples as we as we look at the historical pasts. And, and yeah, I think and that speaking, helps us to appreciate the gospel. Speaking even more of as well. the past, any uh, you study a lot of thinking of a lot of a lot of dead people, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> any any great uh, figures from the past kind of jump out? Things that they have to say in terms of wisdom, in terms of the place that uh, history plays for us today. Oh man, should. so many, so many. Give us a um, couple. One of the, one of the ones that, that jumps to my mind right away is the great English theologian G.K. Chesterton, oh. who spent a lot of time uh, thinking about this issue. And he has this he has this great analogy. He says tradition means giving a vote to the most obscure of all classes, our ancestors. Tradition hmm. is the democracy of the dead. He says. Tradition, and I think you can substitute history uh, for for the word tradition, but tradition refuses to submit to the small and arrogant oligarchy or small ruling class of those who merely happen to be walking about. All Democrats object to men being disqualified from participation by the accident of birth. Tradition objects to their being disqualified by the accident of death. No, we're not speaking about Democrats in terms of like democrats people who think that democracy is a good thing so okay. not the political party and that's a, that's a good that's a helpful clarification so not the political party but but anybody who believes that sure. um that democracy is is worthwhile i mean someone who who believes that democracy worthwhile says that that uh, man, you, your opinion should still matter even if you're from a a, a place like new mexico that well thanks <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's that's that, that still you should count your vote should count thank you um Ooh. and what what gk chesterton is is saying is that that's true of people um of, of from the past as well that we should listen to what they have to say uh, it's it's no fault of their own that they don't happen to be alive at the same time that we are not all the important people with important ideas are alive now and and so as we go about making decisions, we should give a voice to to those who have come come before us, because man, maybe they maybe they thought about stuff that we haven't thought about and could enrich our uh, our understanding of current events. Well, and you know, the more I walk through my own little project here with this campus ministry history that I'm working on, 
I'm just dumbfounded about how helpful it is for the plans that I'm working towards and others in campus ministry circles are working towards going forward. I've come up with all sorts of ideas of things that we could do, things that we can tweak based on, yeah. holy smokes, back in 1943, they were doing that. That's awesome. I got to, yeah. I got to resurrect that idea. It's well, kind of a the... tyranny of the present. If you, if you don't, yeah, exactly. if you don't allow tradition and history to take its place and isn't tradition just, I mean, you can't have tradition without history. Sure. It, it's like not possible. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that we do in my Western Civ one class is we read the confessions uh, by St. Augustine oh. and students are absolutely uh, blown away. And, and I think really, really pleased to discover that someone who lived a long, long, long time ago has so many connections to their lives uh, because we're, we're human beings. And, and that means something that people in the past struggled with things, people in the past uh, dealt with challenges, people in the past had to navigate through the day-to-day, uh, you know, their day-to-day lives. And sometimes considering how other people have done that uh, is really helpful. You don't just have to take advice from people that, that happen to have you know, been born at the same time and in the same place as you. There's, there's a whole human experience full of, of role models to, to consider. No, ab- absolutely. And, and, uh, and, you know, one of the things that I always love in terms of uh, our liturgy is that the commemorations right. of all these great figures, um, you know, those in the Bible, we just had the commemoration of Sarah, you've mm-hmm. got uh, learning, you know, the commemoration of CFW Walther, you, you, who actually struggled very deeply with depression. Mm-hmm. You know, people, mm-hmm. people have are struggling with depression today. Well, our first great founding father of the LCMS struggled with right. depression. Well, maybe that's informative. Right. It kind of helps you feel like like you're not alone and you're not abnormal because you're um, struggling with it as well. But any any other uh, past figures? We got maybe time for one more. Or maybe Luther. Did Luther say anything about he, he he cared about? He was a he was an Old Testament prof, but he still cared about history, didn't he? Yeah, and he certainly cared about education as well. And so. He writes uh, in one of his one of his pamphlets. He writes that if children were taught the languages, the other arts, and history, they would hear the happenings and the sayings of all the world, hmm. and learn how it fared with various cities and estates and kingdoms and princes and men and women. And and thus he says they could in a short time set before themselves as in a mirror. I really like that imagery Hmm. as in a mirror, the character, the life, the counsels, the purposes, the successes, the failures of the whole world from the beginning. And as a result of this knowledge, they could form their own opinions and adapt themselves to the course of this outward life in the fear of God and draw from history, the knowledge and understanding of what should be sought and what should be avoided in this outward life and become able also by this standard to assist and direct others. And there's our vocation, but the training, which is undertaken at home, and he's not talking about homeschools here. He's just talking about sort of a practical sort of day-to-day focus on law. But apart from such schools, apart from studying history, apart from studying uh, these more academic subjects, that type of education attempts to make us wise through our own experience. But before that comes to pass, before we become wise in our own experience, we shall be dead a hundred times over and shall have acted inconsiderately all our life. Hmm. And he concludes with this, for much time is needed to acquire one's own experience. Hmm. And so as he, as he shares that, he just points out the idea that 
that, you know, just learning from your own experience limits you so much because it takes a long time as you move throughout life, as you get older to do accumulate experience. But here in the study of history is is all of the human experience for us to draw on. You don't have to to wait till you personally experience something to necessarily know what uh, what's coming or or what people go through or the emotions that they experience. Um, there's there's a whole whole host of of ready examples for us uh, to draw on. Yeah. Great stuff. We just got a couple minutes here left, but th- this takes a lot of discipline, doesn't it? You got to be honest to be a historian. I mean, yeah. in reality, you got to you got to tell the story, understanding your own potential biases, biases, mm-hmm. and and making mm-hmm. sure you're as as disciplined. I mean, it takes a lot of discipline, doesn't it? Sure, it does, and because it is very tempting. I mean, there's an awful lot of power in being able to to tell a story, to be able to interpret history, and we've certainly seen in the past how how people have succumbed to that temptation and constructed versions of history that are very self-serving and that are harmful and damaging and manipulative. So, so studying history does come with a heavy, heavy responsibility. You want to, to do your best to try and understand the voices of the past on their terms, to try and understand what they were trying to communicate. Mm. And, and this is true. I mean, it's not just true for history, but it's true for all academic disciplines. Anytime that we try to, to perform our vocation honorably, um, we have to use self-discipline and we have to just try to, to be as, as excellent as possible, as faithful as possible to, to what we're called to do. And, and I certainly think that that's true of history as well. Sure. I got time for one last question here. Okay. This is a big one. (laughs) In short, so you got a chance, I mean, a lot of this ties into our identity. If we can't really sure know does. who we are in Christ without knowing where we, where we have a place in history, and especially our own history as sinful, fallen human flesh that that are redeemed yeah. by, by Christ in baptism. If you had a chance to talk to a student for 30, 45 seconds or so to say, mm-hmm. "Hey, this is what I want you to know," to the, uh, a Christian student to, to remind you about who you are in Christ and how it relates. Sure. Uh, to the field that you teach, what would you tell them about why it's so important? Wow. Um, well, I, w- I think what I would say is that as you study the human experience, as you study all of human history, you get a, a deepened perspective of what it means to be human. And you, you come to understand maybe a little bit better how each individual life, your life, exemplifies what it means to be human but, but yet expresses it in a uniquely created way. Mm. And so as, as we consider people who, who have gone before us, we, we find that what God says about us is true, that we are sinful, um, we are broken. But hopefully, um, as this discovery is, is paired with a proclamation of the gospel, that we come to understand and appreciate more in, in a real way, what God has done for us in saving us from our brokenness. And, and that understanding then propels us outward to serve our neighbors. Who have so their own we, unique history. Absolutely. And their own brokenness. Mm-hmm. And, and it's through us that God sort of chooses to give his gifts to the people that he puts around us. And so even though it's, it's in a sense sort of overwhelming to study history and see all of the people who have come before us 
Um, the, the, the people who are recorded in the history books, the small fragment of those people who are considered great, mm-hmm. and, and even the millions and billions of people whose lives will never be recorded in the history books. You know, it, can, it can sort of make you feel small on the great timeline of history. But in my eyes, and this is, I think, what I'd want students to know, that just makes the fact that God has come to you individually um, even though you may not be, you know, in the history books, even though you you may not do something that the world would consider truly great and worth remembering 500 years ago, that God still comes to you specifically wow. and has done all of this for you. Um, that I mean, if you if you get that out of the study of history, wow, um, this great appreciation for God's love to to all people to you, then then man, history's done its job. Wow. And we thank you for doing your job. Uh, thank you for joining us in the student union, um, Joe. And thank you for what you're doing to try to reach out to students there at the College of the Ozarks. Uh, love to have you on again sometime. Maybe we'll talk about uh, Augustine's Confessions. Does that sound I'd good? love to do that. Okay. Yeah, take, I'd love to do that. Thank you, Pastor, take, very take much. Take care, my friend. talking to you. Well, that's all we have time for here today in the Student Union. Check out the archives of this program at kfu.org. Learn more about LCMSU at lcmsu.org. And remember, college is tough. You need Jesus, we'll help. <laughs>